Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have all three. It is De- or January. It is not December, in fact. January 9th. We have SmackDown Live. We had a bunch of New Japan content last week. Go check it out, guys. If you look at the top of FightfulWrestling.com, scroll over on the bar a couple times. You'll see a primer I put together. All the lead up to New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 12, uh, our coverage of the show, highlights of the show, and our post show we did with Robbie Radford. Thus far, the most watched, most listened to show of our year so far. So I want to thank you guys for all the support. Also, I did a New Japan uh, New Year Dash review as well. Check that out. And of course, we have our Raw podcast and listen your boy tomorrow. But without further ado, I am joined by one Jeff Hawkins, who helped me out with another special product project, the uh, Royal Rumble 2005 match alternate commentary. Tomorrow we will film, it won't air live, but we film a couple of new ones in uh, the Elimination Chamber. Jeff, I do not remember the 2006 Extreme Elimination Chamber. I don't even remember the participants, but I, I'm sure once we get there, I'll be sure to want to forget it. And I'm also joined by EPW's Anna Bauert, who will surely join me in the future for calling alternate commentary on Outback Jack matches. I am very excited for that. Anna, what's up? No, that's that's my dad, so it would be nice to have a, a good home mushroom. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying before we went live, um, you should probably ask me about my, my mad skills um, knowledge of, of the football that I, that I, Mike, listen, recently. listen, I just got you like likely credentialed for new Japan. So I don't want like George Carroll tuning in and being like, 
oh, that girl. That's the one? That's the one yeah. you, you want credentialed? No. So I think once he heals, he is my mad skills, the football commentary, then he will definitely want me to. Eight mad skills. Okay, go ahead. So um, what are your thoughts on the coach being fired and what, what do you think of AJ Green? Because I would say it's a tough call, but it's a new direction from another coach that could push a talented list to the next level. AJ Green had a down year, but he's crazy athletic and should bounce back. Okay, so mad skills knowledge uh, about the coach getting fired. You mean the coach that just got a two-year mm-hmm. extension? Bye. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. I was testing you. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It was a test. Ah. I All may right. have out-of-date knowledge. My you don't say that. Out-of-date. We're being Sorry? told. Don't say that. We're AJ being... Green did not have a down year. This this is um, entirely a- opinion. I may have Who's opinionated. Feeding... No, no, it's not. Directly. Who's feeding you your info? I want to know. That's a private They're source. Right now. That's a private source. Yeah. Well, your source is trash. You share sources with Billy Batty, I think. We got a SmackDown Live show to talk about. Who is that? Pissing me the hell off. (laughs) We'll tell you off here. Okay. My God. My God. How can I continue this show now? Look, I would say that that was better than a lot of the show that we had tonight. So, you know, it's something. Yeah, it was. It was. Let's go ahead and talk about it. SmackDown Live. I will say, I'm not sure, like, these promposals they're doing for Mixed Match Challenge. I don't know how I feel about them. But, I mean, it's better than just announcing them. Uh, Anna, your thoughts? I really like them because this is actually, you can see how happy a lot of these people are with, with their partners. This is something completely new to them, and it certainly doesn't feel scripted whatsoever in terms of the people finding out who their partner is. Like, we're actually witnessing joy from people in this company that's authentic. It's it's good. If I was your mixed match challenge partner, I would have to have, like, your dad replace the painting behind you with, like, a portrait of me, and then I would I go on the now. air. I want that so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Not the one I'm visualizing. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Anyway. Naked. Jeff, are you... (laughs) You trying to get me fired? Trying to get me fired, Jeff? Yes. I can't go work at CWF Mid-Atlantic or anything. Move on, Sean. (laughs) So the show opens. Renee Young has a talk show segment, which I am all about. All about. I've said this many times that often when a person's in an AJ Styles situation... That if they come out and they bitch and they complain about what they got themselves into last week or even what happened, they could they could just be treated so unfairly the last week. If they come out and they complain about it, it just doesn't look good. Instead, you had Renee Young out there prompting him to say these things. Not only that, but badgering AJ Styles to say that it was unfair because he wouldn't. I love that approach. I think it's it's a good babyface approach. He admitted he screwed up he didn't want to be taken seriously jeff what do you think of a renee young talk show segment i think there's good and bad here i i I liked it for what it was i i see these types of segments these these like intimate kind of one-on-one things i think are best for a backstage controlled environment rather than in front of fifteen thousand people 
because you can be more subtle in your reactions when it's on tape and being shown rather than kind of having to play to the back of the room, kind of how they do um, on here. But for what it was, it was, you know, I'll take this over Ms. TV, which, you know, is, is very hit or miss with me. I like some Ms. TVs. I don't like others. And, and look, I think it gave Renee more to do than how do you feel is a plus. I, I like both. Charlie yeah, that was Shell Minderman's job tonight. Yeah, I, I like I like Charlie Caruso and I like uh, and I like Renee Young quite a bit. And I wish they would utilize their talents a little bit more rather than just generic question. Stare off into the distance for five seconds after someone gets done speaking. So I like this. Anna, your your thoughts on this opening segment? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn came out to to troll a little bit, but then Shane McMahon books them against Styles, Orton, and Nakamura later on. Uh, Brian backs this decision. I got to say that was kind of a nice touch, giving them a taste of what uh, what they'll benefit from in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this setup. It's you know I give props to them for trying something new, and it wasn't derailed. It wasn't horrible. So. For me, that's no reason not to try and do something. They could refine it and try and figure out a better format for it. Um, but props to them for trying. Um, and considering this is how many weeks in a row that we've begun on this angle, at least it wasn't Shane and Daniel in the ring starting straight away. I just, I still take issue with, I mean, maybe it was Renee's questions that pushed him into making these kind of statements. But I just picked up on AJ calling out Daniel Bryan for pushing him into Daniel Bryan's business. And it's like, dude, open your eyes, Bab. Like, this is Shano's thing. And this is the the undercurrent of the entire show was, you know, and it's obviously deliberate in Shane trying to bring up the fact that Daniel is being petulant when I think he's just honestly being a shit stir and doesn't really care whose side he's on. Um, but it's just like, dude, this the hypocrisy in this is frustrating because it doesn't feel like there is going to be any kind of payoff to it. This is just, you know, them. It's like Byron being on commentary, constantly spewing out the same stuff. And it's not like we'll touch on this later, but it's not done in a way that it's him being a smart ass or it's him, you know, pushing boundaries. It just sounds like this is what he believes and there is no, there's going to be no comeuppets for it or counter to it. It just is. And it just sounds so stupid. Yeah. Um, maybe just like having four weeks in a row of this is just, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't care. It's just, it's frustrating. I don't care. I want to see the mix max challenge now. And and I think there, and I think there's another implied thing in there in that you can't get the kind of resolution that you think you could get with say a Shane versus Daniel Bryan feud because Daniel Bryan's probably not going to be clear to go back in the ring. So it, it's it, it's being muddling and obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. Yep. I completely agree. We had Becky Lynch defeating Ruby Riot. Charlotte and Naomi joined Becky Lynch. The Riot Squad joined Ruby Riot. Alexa Bliss takes a little shot on Twitter at Liv Morgan's blonde hair with pink in it. Hot dog. This is uh, fundamentally sound, but it was it was made very clear throughout spots in this match that Becky was calling it. I also like her less obnoxious hair. I'm cool with that because a little harder to stand out on WWE with crazy-ass hair if everybody has crazy-ass hair. So might as well go a more natural route. 
Becky Lynch taps out Ruby Riot. Match was fine, but I mean, Jeff, what are the Riot Squad? A bunch of dorks? Like, there's no connection between them and Absolution. There is none at this point. No. And one of my big complaints of this show this week is that it seemed like it took various tropes from Raw, crossed out the names, added mm-hmm. in the other names from SmackDown, put it into SmackDown. As we'll lazy. See with, lazy. Uh, very lazy this week. Um, what exactly was the point of having six people entrances for a one-on-one match? I don't, let I don't, me, let I don't me know that, that as opposed to, oh, Becky's back. This is a big deal. This is a big return. Let's just check. Look, here's her friend Charlotte and, and Naomi. Great. So we're just going to have lumbered. We're just going to have everybody in every segment, every time, no matter how many people are in the match. Great. It's PCB all over again. Trash. Uh, Anna, I thought the match was fine, but man, the, the, the booking of the Riot Squad is just. It feels like they were brought up to just be members that would be entrants in this Royal Rumble match. Can I add one more thing before Anna goes? I'm sorry. I thought Ruby was going to be the breakout of this group. And now it looks like they were billing her for that. And now this just kills it because you could have beat the other two here and kept Ruby undefeated as kind of the power of this stable. And now you're just like, eh, okay. Hell, I don't know if there is going to be a breakout in this group. Like, I, I don't know. No, there's, I think there is. Anna? This should have been Becky's big return. The last we saw her, she stole the crap out of beating, having the crap beaten out of her. And then last week we brought up of her entrance wasn't special because you know, Charlotte introduced Naomi first. Oh, and here's Becky. And now this match, like, yeah, giving all the women an entrance, it's so it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. Watching that little segment of Becky signing autographs and finding out that Sammy was her mixed tag partner, as stupid as that was, you could see she was legitimately overjoyed, both of them were. And that's something I want to watch. There's something exciting there. There's something real there. And there's personality coming through. This match was fine. But I, I don't care. I don't care about the Riot Squad. There was something on commentary. Someone said the Riot Squad woke up Naomi and made her more aggressive. My God, I wish that were the case. But it's not. <laughs> they're coming out and they're smiling and they're dancing. And it's like, oh, girl power, Spice Girls. No one gives a shit because there is no substance to it whatsoever. These, the Riot Squad isn't a real threat. They're just, they, they come across as these wannabes that were brought up from NXT at NXT, they had a lot of – there was a lot of hope there. I really like Ruby Riot, And now on the main roster, what what's going on? What is she doing? There's nothing there. I don't know if it's, if it's the lack of experience on their behalf to bring something to the table that makes it pop or if it's just their booking or the writing, but something is not going right. And it's, it's bad. Can I also be the person to say that – as as much as I really liked the Sammy and Becky vignette, it kills Sammy's troll character so much to be like that and to have that dichotomy where he just kind of turns it on and turns it off. I disagree because it's still like even his troll character is about being overly joyful. So it's all still there. It's just he's he's got dimensions. Okay, I'm I, I'm not. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed all of them. I, 
especially loved Miz and Asuka for some odd <laughs> reason that, you know. I saw the joy in Miz's face when he realized that. <laughs> and his tag partner's tougher than he is. Well, and I also like the idea that these faces and heels aren't like bummed that they're going to be yeah. teaming together. Yeah. They're I, human beings. Like some of them are assholes some of the time. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's, my, it's, it's, I, just, I like that dynamic. My I wish favorite, it happened more on my, WWE program too. My favorite little thing was Daddy going, Yes, I didn't get Sammy Zane. <laughs> Or Rusev, heel in the entire company. <laughs> he comes out with his stuff, and it's like, oh wow, did you really just go there? It was cute. Good on her. <laughs> Bludgeon Brothers defeated the Ascension. The Ascension tried to get their best friends Brizongo to join them. They have a match later. So too bad, so sad. Uh, rest in peace, Ascension. That's it. Anna, they got killed. Mm. This kind of solidified to me that they don't know what they're doing with the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, it seems like when they were first brought out, they they had stock invested in them. In They had the jobbers, they had the entrance, the vignettes and everything. And now it was two weeks against Brizongo, one week against Ascension. It's just something, something for me isn't working. And then you have... Connor trying to get back into the ring and this dude with like sewn together lips and wide out contacts and then you cut back to the guys in the ring who are supposed to be the scary dominant ones and they're they look like Kane's son with a man bun it something isn't right and I, I I wish that they had the skill or the foresight in the writing or the creative team to actually figure this out properly before moving forward with them anymore because they are a team that I do want to see something exceptional from and something, I don't know, they, they kind of get it right with sanity in that the unpredictable and the um, savageness of them, but like that should be these guys turned up even higher given the vignettes, given everything like that. And it's just, they're just kind of there and they're just kind of throwback eighties characters at this point. I'm being really negative tonight. I'm sorry. I'm just, there's a lot there. (laughs) With a gimmick like this, in terms of the Ascension, this is the type of match where you can't go back and heat them up again. That's the problem with with this um, in some ways. I I like Victor a lot. Um, I like the Ascension a lot. I think they're good comedy characters, but they serve no useful purpose in wrestling once another dominant, badass-type team destroys them like this. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with them down the road. Because, I mean, they're not getting the Rumble title shot. They're not going to be in the Rumble. They're not going to push these guys just to put them in the rumble to get them tossed over the top, are they? No. There's too many people on the roster yeah. to do that. You guys, are, are we getting <laughs> are we getting Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal in this this United States title finals? Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, <clears throat> why? That is like my nightmare match. That is my nightmare WWE main roster match, like, as it pertains to covering it and enjoying it. Maybe they'll surprise me. 
I just doubt it. Um, Mojo Raleigh cut this awesome promo on his yes! phone last week. Yes. Oh, I wanted this incredible. on TV so bad. It was a professional wrestling promo. It wasn't a sports entertainment promo. I loved every second of it. Walk us through it a little bit, Jeff. I just, you know what? It, it, it to me, it's everything. Look, I, I'm an old school guy. I've been watching a few of the vignettes on the uh, just recently uploaded 81 to 83 mid Atlantic stuff that they just put on the network. This is all it was. You put a camera on a guy. He looks into it. He tells you how he feels and he portrays a genuine emotion to you, connects with you, makes you believe he's going to kill this other guy and moves on. It, I, I can't remember the exact content of the promo. I just know when I turned it off, I went, this is what I want wrestling to be in 2018. And I don't get enough of it. That's how I felt after turning that off. And he's now done this twice within the span of a month and a half for Zack Ryder. So, I mean, if, if they could put this type of stuff on TV, if it fit their vision of what wrestling was, I, I, as an older fan would be far more engaged with the product than what they want, which is mostly buzzwords, nicknames, you know, what, what have you. So, I mean, I, and it was done, I think. I don't think he was driving at the time. He just put on a camera in an empty car and talked to Zack Ryder. That's all I want is is to feel like there's a genuine conversation going on there. It was human. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Loved it. Uh, I don't love his theme song, Anna. It sucks real bad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> real bad. I don't want to be negative, but yeah. for what they, the time they were given in this match, I thought they did a fantastic job. The promos that they've done themselves on social media have been awesome. And it shows exactly what these guys are capable of and the opportunities that they should be getting. This match for me, it wasn't long enough for the build it's had for the work that these two are capable of. It deserved a longer time and more pause to it than this. I really hope that's not the end of this feud um, and that this was just, you know, implementing something to, you know, for a purpose to to fill a quota. But there's got to be more to this. There has to be. And I had no idea that Mojo was that huge standing next to Bobby Roode. That's insane. Yeah, Bobby is a little smaller than, than you'd think. But I'll tell you what, I liked Bobby Roode and how they handled him in this match. I liked that they didn't put the headset on him so he wasn't talking the entire time. I liked that he was kind of keeping his mouth shut, watching the match, like almost intently like a sport. Like it was almost like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to break down what this guy is doing right now. And, oh, he's a tough guy. And I just like the stare down without a lot of jawing, without a lot of, you know, gesticulating, just – a simple nod. They both nodded at each other. Yep. See you next week. Loved it. Loved that. Uh, Mojo Raleigh has had more good promos and matches combined since WrestleMania than Jinder Mahal. Fact or fiction, Anna? Fact. Jeffrey. Okay, to be fair, them most people. Overwhelming fact. Yeah. Just the two promos he's done alone has been better than anything Jinder's done. In my opinion. I would agree. I would agree. He hasn't said, hey, AJ, how pretty? And uh, 
Mojo isn't here to be Bret Hart, so this match isn't pretty, but it's what it needs to be. Jinder Mahal cuts a promo. He's facing Xavier Woods next week. Xavier Woods then replied by taking a picture of himself watching his TV. Sideways. <laughs> Backstage, Randy Orton lets AJ Styles know that he's coming for his title. And Nakamura shows up and two sweets the title belt. <laughs> Making full use of that of that trademark, yeah, Jeff? A little bit too much so. And and if there's one person I didn't like yeah. in the mixed match mixed match challenge promos, it was Shinsuke Nakamura. Just they just think he's weird. Okay, great. Anna, what did you think about this promo from Training Day about getting screwed? It seemed like as it went on, like Shelton Benjamin got real, real comfortable. And Chad Gable has one of the best sarcastic voices I have ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Like, if that's his deal, then cool. He shooshes. <laughs> Gable is so unintentionally good he- at playing the bad guy in the team rom-coms. It's like he's got that character down perfectly, probably without even knowing it. It's like this was this was good, and they had some really awesome lines. Like, so we lost to instant replay and get generic refer- referee number two out. Um, yeah. They're up against the Usos, and the Usos have made this their sort of lack of better term their bitch this is their territory this is what they do best better than majority people in the company and then it hats off to the guys they're doing a good job and i actually now despite still calling them the douches i really do like what they're doing because i am intentional or not they sit really well in those roles um i don't know i just think that you know, I'm going to contradict myself here, actually. I'm going to go back on what I was thinking because I was like, well, they made an entire segment about something that was sorted out by Instant Replay last week. But that is completely in line with how these guys would act. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's like the whole Jason Jordan angle thing unleashed the darkest timeline and long gone are the days of, like, pure innocent Gable who had a lot to prove and now it's just douche central. But... Yeah, okay. They're doing it well. I really like this promo. This is a far cry from the promos that they were cutting where Chad Gable was rapping. I, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you could call that rapping. Whatever he was trying to do, it, it was akin to Anna Bauer trying to talk Cincinnati Bengals football is what Chad oh, Gable was doing a couple, okay. a couple months ago. But... <laughs> Jeff, Daniel Bryan ends up booking the two out of three falls match for the Rumble. I bet that's going to be awesome. But I wonder if they're going to do the, oh, first pin in two minutes, second pin in three minutes type of thing that they always do. I get the feeling one ref's going to call one fall, one ref's going to call another fall, and then there's going to be an argument in the third fall. I, I just, it it screams at right now, that kind of thing, where, where someone gets upset with the refereeing in one match, so they want the other referee out there to, uh, it. it I don't want this to be a match about the referees. That's all. I'm 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 not saying it's going to happen, but it feels like they they might do something like that. Um dare I say best Shelton Benjamin promo work ever tonight in terms of I agreed with you he felt comfortable as opposed to he always has that kind of 
demeanor of I'm trying to try on clothes that don't fit when, when he's talking. I hate to say that because he's a phenomenal athlete, but it's the charisma part that's had to catch up to him. And I, I really liked him in this. Um, the back and forth volleying, I could do a little bit less without. Just let one guy say their piece and the other guy. But yeah, that's cool. I didn't understand Daniel Bryan's role in this. In terms of it, it muddied up his, his his positioning on the show a little bit to me, just a little bit. But I, I liked I liked the two out of three false thing, and I think this match is going to be phenomenal despite the chicanery. Well, that's why at the end of all this, I kind of came to the conclusion that Daniel Bryan isn't he doesn't care. It's just he wants to shit stir. He can't get in the ring, so he's going to poke as many bears as possible and see who gets mauled. So do you think his on-screen character? Hold on. Do you think his on-screen character is literally a troll, where he's just trying to? It's kind of coming across like that. I mean, I, okay. I wrote down sarcasm doesn't stand a chance against Daniel Bryan. That <laughs> just seems to be his thing at the moment. It's just like no shits given. Okay, you say you say this, I'm going to give it. I, I, it's probably counter to where they actually want to go with this, but it happens a lot. I'm very excited for this match. I hope it gets a good amount of time. It's going to be a long show. By the way, guys, uh, Raw 25 is not five hours. I reached out to WDB after that and got an off-the-record response saying, no, it's not going to be that long. Um, and I, as I just said that, I got an email from WWE PR saying it will be the normal three hours. So that's cool. Uh, they said it was a typo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I was like, well, it's not a typo on your behalf. It was the Television Critics Association putting it out there for oh, some I reason. Was, but I was hoping for Alex to be that much more miserable. Oh, God. <laughs> well, David Tease messaged me, and he covers Raw for us. He covers a lot of stuff for us. And he goes, hey, man, just wanted to ask. <laughs> it's this five hours. And if Alex or if David Tease is, like, questioning that, I mean, the man, he works every bit as much as I do on this site. So I'm like. He might be worried. <laughs> he might be worried about surviving a five-hour Raw. That one might be tough. So um, Raw is three hours, but I hope that this training day Usos match gets good time. I want, like, full-length falls. Like, if anything, the last two falls should be the short ones, not the first one. I hate when they do that. Like, it seems like always it's, like, six, seven minutes. Flash pin. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm always – more lenient towards the second and third fall because something has facilitated that first fall. 
the only time I think that is the only time I think that's worked really well was when it was Cesaro and Zayn doing a two out of three, and Cesaro got a real quick one there, if I recall correctly. Yeah, sure. Brizongo defeated Rusev Day, as you mentioned. This really mirrored the Monday Night Raw Titus Worldwide and Bar match, like. As I thought about this, I was like, okay, we we wondered if there was a connection between the Riot Squad and Absolution. There hasn't been. I think the most we'll get is the face-off at the Rumble. Not only that, they, the, the finish was the same. It was a roll-up. Mm-hmm. So Rusev announces that he and Aiden English will be entering the Rusev Rumble. Uh, Aiden English always shows me something new, even if it's, his, if it's him rolling seven goddamn times like Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop. Like, that was a very unusual situation where he just kept hitting shoulder rolls over and over again. A series of kicks, Brizongo get a big upset. Anna, what it Like, I mean, sure, I guess, but here's the thing that got me. Right afterwards, they scripted Daniel Bryan to say, man, I can't believe how Brizongo connect with the audience. After they were in the ring with... Fucking Rusev Day! Stop yelling at your wife like that. <laughs> she needs cats. to know that they're over too. <laughs> because they're trying to convince me that Brizongo is over. They're not. Maybe my wife will believe it. Well, that that whole thing, I mean, the, the Daniel Bryan thing started with him standing sideways watching a TV going, good for them. And you know it was going to go downhill from that. It was like that segment was... They were scripting awareness, yet they were so not aware of anything. Yeah. It was an incredible juxtaposition that I don't know how they achieved. Um, the match itself, look, I, I missed that match yesterday on Raw. So to me, this is, you know, I didn't have a big issue. And maybe that's the key. You only watch one of these shows. I don't know. Um Look, did the match yesterday, did they have someone like Fandango sauntering down to a ring in what Kate on Twitter um, at Make It Loud pointed out, that they were wearing Louis Vuitton patterned tights. Does Raw have that? I, I don't think so. So I think these guys are one-up. Um, Does Dana Brooke count <laughs> in a no. power suit? Okay. No. No. Um, all I could think about during this match was these four guys are so incredibly talented and they are good at what they do in ring on promo. They're good at what they do. They've made their own thing for themselves. They were given, you know, given some kind of an extension that they had a platform, but they took it, they ran with it and it's awesome on both behalves. All I can think is that I truly hope they are remembered for being so great at what they do, even if the opportunities don't match it. Um, And that's, Kind of a weird, slightly shitty thing to be thinking during a match on SmackDown. But that's, given everything that's going on booking-wise and with the company and that the sole focus of the show seems to be this one storyline that isn't even about dudes that are wrestling full-time or, you know, at all. It's... I think that yeah, it's just indicative of what's going on. And that's kind of, it's not cool. It's not the fun show to watch anymore. Like it used no. to be 
the, it, when, the show when I first started could... the show with you guys it was, it was so much fun to cover it was like i took pride in it being better than raw hey but, i put you two on the yeah. show because i liked you i stuck alex on the other one because i thought it was punishment yeah i'll so be more i'm sorry <laughs> not so much again. anymore it's hey i think a lot of I... it coincides with the superstar shakeup in uh, jinder mahal's push and i don't know that they've ever recovered I have a more cynical take on why they did this on both shows. I think all four of these guys are in the rumble and I think they need to make them seem important rather than just cannon fodder, which they're going to be anyways, probably. So they give them these big wins over the tag champs so that they have a talking point or former tag champs so that they have a talking point when they're announced and come to, Oh, you know, Titus worldwide, big, big win a couple weeks ago over, Oh, I think I think they beat the bar so the bar can beat them for the next two weeks. That could be it, too. On, on the way to the Royal Rumble. That way they can win the rematch, and then Titus Worldwide wants the rubber match, and they get beat there, too. I, yeah. Yeah. It just Main event. Like, it just feels like they're heating up random people that they're going to be throwing in that they don't care about. And, I mean, it's so, I mean if, if you're going to do that, this is the time of the year, I guess, to do it because you're going to have so many people – Involved in an integral match on on a pay per view, two integral matches on a pay per view, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Handicap match: AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Randy Orton defeated Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I always like Randy Orton, like going for the RKO early in his matches. It kind of helps perpetuate that his whole gimmick. Um, I don't think they're going to bring up Chris Jericho and China being co intercontinental champions, but <laughs> when I looked that up. WWE has wiped that. That doesn't exist on in WWE, apparently. They refer to that as the title being vacant during that time now. What? I had no idea until I looked it up just a bit ago. That's odd. Although, somebody brought it to my attention, Jeff. Technically, mm-hmm. you could say that one time, John Cena and CM Punk were co-WWE champions. Yes. In a way. And it, they and they've been known they've been known to also wipe problematic history from from their history. But For I mean example, that was a reign. That was a storyline. They China and Chris Jericho were co champions. Nope, never happened. China was never in the WWE. That I mean that, that's weird, man. Like I mean, I don't even know if it's a problematic thing like that. I just maybe they looked at it and said, That's stupid and got rid of it. Like it's that uh, could be it too. Just, just, just Vince one day on Wikipedia looking up yeah. the history of the title. That's stupid. Let's wipe that away from our history. So uh, backstage, Daniel Bryan had been – he had a discussion with Shane McMahon about them being unstable, yada, yada. And in the promo earlier with training day, Daniel Bryan had said that the referee's decision is final. After this, Shane McMahon comes out and restarts a match 247 times. Shane McMahon restarting matches at the new Teddy Long booking tag team matches. And I do not like it. It really, really disrupts the flow of a show. I understand what they were trying to do. Cool, man. This was lame. I didn't like the match. Um, I did like the sing bomb onto the announce table that Randy Orton gave to Sami Zayn. That's always cool to see. I'm a fan of that. Uh, But... KO and Zayn tried to get themselves counted out. Shane McMahon made it a no con, no count out match. They tried to get themselves DQ'd. Shane McMahon makes it a uh, no DQ match. Anna, 
did this did this do anything for you by the by the end of this? AJ Styles and Kevin Owens care. I I just don't care anymore. I, what's the point of? I mean, it's the same thing as erasing history. What's the point of us watching and tuning in every single week or tuning into these matches when they don't count for anything? Um, I get. I get. Two years ago, I would be so sick of a Shane McMahon on WWE TV. Yeah, I'd be like, "What?" I was so pumped when he came back. I was like, "Hey, this is." maybe a fresh authority figure. And well, from the jump, they handled it wrong. They didn't give him any real reason to be in that spot. And then they just, uh, they did. They gave him a locked box. Yeah. But he didn't win the match. He did not win. the match. Oh God. I remember that day. I remember that, that role when he came back, I just came back from a funeral and it was really, (laughs) a really horrible day. And then he redebuted and, that, you know, it's what wrestling does for me a lot. It's why I love watching progress, to be perfectly honest. And this does have relevance in that yesterday I missed a lot of Raw because I switched it off to watch progress because it was just, I'm, it's the same stuff every week. Oh, I, thing, I, got, like, I had a lot of people tweeting me over the last two nights saying, like, I tried Wrestle Kingdom for the first time mm-hmm. and then I, then I watched this and, Last night, I joking, uh, not really jokingly, I did the hashtag WDB stop the Zoom thing. Like all the cuts and the bad production and the crappy lines and all that stuff. After you see something that New Japan had its fair share of production issues on Wrestle Kingdom. There were a lot of things that I looked at and I'm like, why didn't the camera catch Jay White throwing elbows on, Nak- on Tanahashi's face? Why was Red Shoes all up in Omega's face when he was supposed to be conveying emotion and pain and stuff? But what I didn't see was I didn't see like bad product, like a bunch of camera cuts and all this stuff and just convoluted horseshit. Now, granted, this is their WrestleMania, so they're supposed to be all hands on deck for that. But for a lot of people, I don't, I'm sure they it connected with them that this was New Japan's WrestleMania, but it was just a different kind of wrestling that they're not used to seeing. And I'm wondering how that's going to resonate with some of our audiences, at least. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that you mentioned there, though, it was more camera crew or, you know, people in the truck trying to keep up with what was happening as opposed to what's happening on Raw and SmackDown are these pre-planned camera effects and cut-tos and stuff that is getting in the way of the storytelling. Um, And that's, you know, it's forgivable if you miss something because the camera wasn't there and, you know, it's a lot of this is called on the fly or they don't actually know what's going on. But when it's missed because or marred because of production not trusting what's happening in the ring or having these grander ideas than storytelling, then that's just that's just stupid. And I understand that it's, you know, Raw and SmackDown is not Wrestle Kingdom. It's not a chapter show. They're, you know, these special event shows are, are bigger and there's a lot more effort and it's not so much effort, but forethought put into them as opposed to trying to churn out a weekly show that's two and three hours long. But unfortunately for WWE, it has gotten to the point where, you know, after years of not having a competition where people could go and watch alternative wrestling, they now have, we now have so many different options to go and watch. And it takes up a lot of time and a lot of hours and someone who covers this 
and is also obsessed with it personally, you know, there are only so many hours in the day and you do have to start picking and choosing. And now it's at the point of they have to mix up their game. They have to do better again if they want to keep, if they want to retain their audiences. The, the, the hardcore audience is pretty much, I, I don't want to say it's not what they're catering to these days, but it's just, that's what they've, they've got right now is their hardcore audience. Jeff, uh, shout out to CCV Live on our YouTube chat who said, as soon as Shane made it no DQ, Kevin Owens should have run for a grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, look, there, like there, are, there are places and times for heels to get their comeuppists against an unfair babyface advantage. And it's usually when heels have been running rampant, usually doing gang warfare of some kind. So then you take the leader and you say, okay, we're going to punish you this way. These are times, I mean, these are stipulations that you add in very special situations that will then get the crowd going because, aha, now we're finally going to see it and it pays off. This didn't earn that. In my opinion, there, there was no reason to see a three on two baby face versus heel challenge other than the fact that they thought it'd be entertained to watch Shane keep on piling on stipulations to screw Kevin and Sammy. And I, I get that thinking, but what have Sammy and Kevin really, really done to deserve that? That's been that evil. It, it just seems like it's a, it's a wasted opportunity to do something down the road later that's more earned, in my opinion. I would agree. Uh, we had some other news. Samoa Joe uh, injured. It is a legitimate injury. I'm told that he's not set to miss any significant time. I had an injury very similar to this. It's more of a plantar fasciitis type of thing. His is a rupture. Uh, plantar fasciitis is more annoying than anything, depending on the severity of it. It's inflammation of the heel. Yes. But he's uh, saying that he has a rupture. I know that like Albert Pujols dealt dealt with it. Dominic Cruz in the UFC, he dealt with it because he tore his ACL and took so much time off that when he jumped back into a full training camp, his heels couldn't handle it. So I don't expect him to be out that long. But he was pulled from mixed match challenge uh, after winning a vote. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on the Samoa Joe injury? Could be a good thing for Elias. Because I think he's going to be the one to get stuck back in there, and he and Bailey already yeah. have a have a mini story going with him being the crank and she being the oh, I just want to hug you type of person. So uh, no, I, and and I hope it it uh, uh, foot injuries and knee injuries are very they're they're dicey, especially with bigger guys, and and you don't know how it's going to heal. So so I hope it heals to the point where he can come back to his high level of, of work at his age. So in uh, 2015, we had the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which also happened in 2016. 2016, we had the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, the Mae Young Classic last year. This year, we're getting a mixed tag team match tournament. What do you think they go to next, Anna? Are they going to keep, like, throwing out different tournament ideas? I've mentioned, like, a trios tournament would be kind of cool. Is there anything that you see on the horizon? I mean, they could always bring back King of the Ring. I think that was done in, like, 14 or 15 with Barrett. But Well, that's the beauty now of the independent scene is there are so many different 
places that they can tap into and make something of it. I mean, it's, you know, Australia is looking pretty damn good right now. <laughs> you never know. Um, go to EPW Perth on Twitter. Um, but there is still a lot that they can be doing. We were supposed to have a full-on show of, you know, the UK guys. Yeah, but yeah, I forgot that. about that. The UK tournament as well. Like they've been, mm. they've been all in on these tournaments of late. I mean, two two Dusty Roads Tag Classics, the UK tournament, the Cruiserweight tournament, the women's, and this this one. That's a lot of them. That's a lot of. And I mean, you could throw in the King of the Ring because that happened in the WWE Network era. Like they've done this fair fairly often. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of potential there. I just hope that. <laughs> I hope that Hunter is in charge of all of them going forward. Also, I do. While, you know, I'm not like super pumped about the idea of mixed match challenge. I love that it is getting a lot of these people to work with people that they wouldn't usually work with either on the same side of the ring or across the ring. Like there's going to be baby faces versus baby faces and heels teaming with heels, heels teaming with baby faces. I like that. That's a little bit different. Uh, It was announced tonight that, (laughs) The Godfather, Ted DiBiase, and Brother Love would appear on Raw 25, Jeff. Um, you know, Bruce Prichard exposes quite a bit of like WWE like information on his podcast, and many wondered like if it would get heat with him. Apparently not, not that much. He's heading back for Raw 25. No Rob Bartlett? Come on. Oh, my Man. God. He's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Who was the guy at King of the Ring 94? Maybe the only one worse than him? Oh, uh, uh, Art Donovan? Art Donovan. What does he weigh? Yeah, the old All football the player from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it, it just depends how they handle the nostalgia. Is it going to be one of those things where it's like, ooh, backstage vignette with Mean Gene Okerlund and Brother Love is walking down the hall or something? I, You know. Uh, I want to answer your former question because I'd I'd like to see another Mae Young classic go down because I think that's good for women's wrestling, which doesn't get a lot of exposure on the indies. It doesn't have a strong scene, but it has a burgeoning one, which I think is important. And then uh, my my thing that I think that they may do is something having to do with countries or nationalities, like a Ryder Cup type thing. Yeah, something not not exactly like TNA's World Cup, but like a Ryder Cup type thing where you have America versus the world, or or maybe America versus Canada versus the world, or something to that effect. That would be nice. Guys, I want to put over our New Japan coverage again. Uh, we have that primer up there. Check it out. Even if you don't like New Japan, it, it's a great way to dip your toes in or jump all in. It was very cool. On Fightful.com, we keep an ongoing list of all the Royal Rumble entrants. Uh, and how they entered, why they en- or when they entered. We keep injury reports. We have contract expiration updates, things like that over there. Uh, of course, our event section, photos, videos, podcasts. I want you guys to join me in the live discussion. I'll be uh, joining those every Monday and Tuesday and during pay-per-views and stuff. So if you all want to talk to us, uh, head over there. We'll answer any questions you all have about Fightful or otherwise. But want to see more of you over there. Also, this Sunday, it's not Saturday. Sunday, I'm doing a UFC St. Louis uh, post-show by myself. Definitely come over there, uh, submit some questions. Had the Holy Smokes MMA podcast today with Showdown Joe. He just got back from Japan and told us about his experience there. A lot of fun. And, of course, tomorrow afternoon, 
uh, Wednesday afternoon, rather, 3 p.m. Eastern, myself, Jimmy Van for the flagship list and your boy show. I'll be joined by Stokely Hathaway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, Anna, Jeff, are you aware that Matt Riddle has his own WrestleMania show? His own WrestleMania weekend show. <laughs> Is he going to double book himself? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he does, fortunately for him, here's a text conversation we have. I said, are you going to book me to job everyone out on your show? He did not reply. I said, I accept your silence as confirmation. He replies, you're hilarious. Definitely a possibility. This is literally a minute into my interview with Stokely Hathaway today that I'm filming. And mm -hmm. I asked, hey, Stokely, you going to be on this show? I'm going to job everybody out. And he said, well, I asked about it. And then Matt Riddle publicly mentioned that I'm banned from the show. What? He banned <laughs> Stokely you, from the show. How do you ban Stokely Hathaway? And in all caps, I say, why did you ban Stokely? You are shook. I will not be going to that show if Stokely's not there. <laughs> Riddle did not reply. I was upset about that. I'm look forward. I'm looking forward to that, especially after the success of Joey Janela's Spring Break last year. Outside <laughs> of WWE and NXT. That weekend when David Tease did like this monster coverage of everything, Joey Janela's spring break got the most engagement and it wasn't even close. Like it was, I was Go ahead. I was I was there at the building for most of the events. The Janela one was the one I could not stay awake for. I just couldn't so I left and I regretted it because it was the most buzzed about event all weekend in every venue you'd go to. Did you go to Joey Janela's spring break? Did you hear about what happened at Joey Janela's spring break? Did you hear about Glacier at Joey Janela's <laughs> spring break? I mean, it was, it, it was, it was at every, every Gilbert Doe showed. Yeah. Well, Although a, I think it was Flip Gordon that said, well, maybe not. Maybe he put on the invisibility cloak and entered the rumble or the, the battle royal as the invisible man. If you like a party, if you like random sightings of old wrestlers, if you like random sightings of new wrestlers, if you can stay up late, which I can't. CC, CCB Live is on a roll. He says he needs to be doing the Riddle Rumble. Yeah, he does. He does. Man, uh, I can't wait to see what Matt Riddle has cooked up for that. Hopefully I can interview him ahead of that uh, for the show, and we can talk about it. Very excited for that. Um, I've got several interviews from my NWA feature dropping on the list and your boy in the coming weeks as, as I find time, but that's still out there. Definitely check that out. Brandon Howard has done a bunch of great stuff for us in relation to New Japan. Definitely check it out. But as I mentioned, I want to see you guys in that live discussion during the shows, during Raw, during SmackDown, sometimes during NXT, I pop in there. Uh, every UFC show, every uh, WWE pay-per-view. And Anna... It looks like uh, we might be sending you to New Japan next month. Yep. That could yep. be a lot of fun. That could play. Mm -hmm. I'm silently freaking out a little bit. Just take a few days. Don't freak out. You're a professional. Yeah. You can handle this. No, no it's, it's a fangirl in me freaking out. But no, I'm a can't professional. Be a can't be no, a I know. That's so why I'm getting it out now. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. Okay. Is Rose getting the L.A. <laughs> credentials because I may have to have a match with him in a, in a cage or something. I mean, I'm access likes us. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I could probably 
I, well, I can see what they can do. I don't know what they can do. As of right now, actually, I was told, which appeared in my Fightful Wrestling Weekly last week, guys, uh, that Access and New Japan don't have anything confirmed for that as of yet. They're still trying to negotiate that deal for that live show. So nothing is confirmed as of yet, but uh, definitely check out that Fightful Wrestling Weekly. Every Friday it drops. I like to drop it Friday, so the, the boxing newsletter drops on Thursday. All that stuff. Guys, again, tune in to The List and Your Boy tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jeff, where can they follow you on the social media? Follow at your own risk at Crap Game 13. You can follow the other show I'm on at Shake Them Ropes. We'll be taping tomorrow. Who'd Rob ever beat? A hat. No, he didn't. <laughs> he's, making, he's making grand pronouncements. What'd Rob ever eat? He says he's gonna quit watching baseball. If uh, oh, I forgot, Easy I forgot to say the, in December or yeah, January. Well, I, I forgot. Well, no, he loves baseball, so that's the thing. Is I he, know I love I baseball too. Yeah, Anna, tell me about baseball. <laughs> there is a bat involved and a bowl, and they slide and get to third base. Okay. Uh... I'm doing really well tonight. So you're um, you're rocking the shit. You're really rocking the shit on this I'm one. Out. I'm um, failing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about what you're doing with EPW. <laughs> A lot better than this, trust me. Um, <laughs> if you follow at EPW Perth on Twitter, Instagram, and we are also on Facebook. Um, first part of four interview series with the current champions across the board, Generation Zero. I have an interview up with EPW champion the Don. Uh, so you can find that on my Twitter at Anna Bowett or at EPW Perth. And I think this week is with Coastal Champion Scotty Ryan. And we nice. called Davis Storm a dick several times. Guys, you can follow me at Sean Ross at, but I want to encourage you more to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Fightful Online. We have individual uh, Twitter accounts too. But over on Instagram as well at Fightful Online, I'm releasing some of the <laughs> – some of the movie posters that Graham Williams made of the broadcast from last year. I am always releasing like exclusive photos that I took during my time as a photographer covering some events and uh, just other cool stuff that have been cooked up. I hosted uh, Anna's creation of James Ellsworth, which uh, curiously appeared about a month before the creation of Jericho. But mm -hmm. hey, hey. Until next time, guys, subscribe, like, thumbs up. I appreciate all of you, my friends. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.